Good morning. It's good to see everybody here this morning. Thank you so much uh, for joining us online as well. It is so good uh, to have the opportunity uh, to stand before you and to open up God's Word before you. And so I I thank you for that opportunity and and just excited for you guys to be here uh, this morning with us. Um, We will be in 1 John uh, chapter 5, verses 6 through 12. So if you have a copy of God's Word, uh, go ahead and open that up or find it on your phone and, uh, and be ready to go there. So let me uh, get everything situated up here for us this morning. Um, yeah, it has been an exciting morning. It's been a long time since I've preached three sermons. And uh, let me tell you, it's not an easy task. Uh, this, is, this has kind of been an, an interesting morning. And uh, but man, what it, what is great opportunity for us to be together? Um, by show of hands, how many of y'all use uh, TripAdvisor or Yelp or some other's resource online to to hear about testimonies? Yeah, testimonies about businesses or restaurants or all those types of things. I love. TripAdvisor. I visit that wherever, whenever we're asked to go somewhere or, or Jamie plans a, a trip, I'm just, I jump on TripAdvisor and I find out, okay, what does this place have? Where's the best place to eat? And all of those types of things. And so um, I, I, I jump up there and, and, and find out, you know, man, all the great places. Now, this is the thing. If you don't know me very much, I'm kind of picky about where I eat. I'm picky about where I spend my money to eat. Uh, I look for kind of the places only the locals go, right? I kind of want those hidden gems, that authentic food. That's my desired place to go. And if you know Darren Ray, our our Ridgeview campus pastor well, um, Darren's kind of a mainstream, main street kind of guy. Like he only wants to eat on those places that you see uh, commercials about, right? Whereas me, I'm, I'm always, like I said, I'm kind of looking for the dirty place, right? Um, and, and you know what I'm talking about, right? The places that are, man, they're just really good. And you feel good about spending your money there because you're like, this is an amazing meal. And so I, I, I use those things. But let's think about this for a second. I go to TripAdvisor and I trust the testimony of Alien Killers 39, Right? <laughs> I, I trust their testimony on this restaurant. It's kind of weird. We trust the, the testimony of just people we don't know, right? Let me get back to the point. <laughs> we've been diving through 1 John uh, for, for a while now. And what we've been seeing in 1 John is um, basically making sure that our walk with Christ lines up with what Christ taught. So as we've walked through 1 John, we're making sure that what Christ taught lines up with our actions. The things that we say that we know should be shown out in our life. And, and I hope that you've seen that week after week as we've, as we've really taken an in-depth look into 1 John. And so now we get to this section of 1 John, chapter 5, verses 6 through 12. And and John reads a little bit differently. So go ahead and and open your Bible there, and let's read this together. So to honor the reading of God's Word, what do we do here at Blue Valley? We stand up, right? And if you're you're at home and you're still sitting down, I'll I'll visit you later about that. Um, So let's read this together. It says, This is He who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. 
not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he has borne concerning his Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God has the, has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar. Because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his Son. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Thank you very much. May God be honored by the reading of his word. You all may be seated. So, what in the world is he talking about? The water, the blood, the spirit, the testimony. Where is John going? Well, let's, let's walk through this together and starting off, John is refuting a heresy, a false teaching that was going around the area. And this false teaching that was going around argued that Jesus became the Christ at his baptism. But we know throughout Scripture and as we study God's Word that Jesus was the Christ from birth, right? If, if you remember John 1.1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So let me ask you this question, and I need an answer back. Who is the Word? Jesus, very good, right? You're in church. Jesus is a safe answer. So we're going to throw that out. That's perfect, right? So now jump down to verse 14. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us, right? So this is just one small section of Scripture that we can look at and where we can see that Jesus did not just become the Christ or the Messiah at His baptism or later on in His life, but that He came to us at birth because He was God in the beginning as the Christ. And this is just one false teaching that was going around during those days of, of many false teachings. And there are many still around today. I mean, if you simply Google who is Jesus, the responses that we see are all over the place. We get all kinds of information about who people say Jesus is. So, I mean, kind of like this. Have you ever seen the man on the street interviews? Right? The, the kind of late show, talk show uh, host where they walk around and they shove a microphone in people's face and say, okay, tell me, who is Jesus? Right? And some people are like, I'm not touching that. Some people are like, well, I think Jesus is. And then some people answer, very matter of fact, Jesus is this. Right? Well, let me read you some of the uh, things that I found online about who people say Jesus is. Is. And this is today, okay? Some people say that Jesus is just a historical figure. Some people say that he was a wise teacher. Others believe that he practiced magic and led people astray. Some say a devout religious leader, a very inspiring individual. Some say that he was a prophet of God like Muhammad. Uh, someone said that he, was a good, he, was, he just did good works like Mother Teresa. And some say that he was, he was one of many paths to God. And then the last one is others say that, uh, that he's, made up, he's a made-up person, 
to just give us a glimpse of hope. So these testimonies about Jesus are all over the place. But one thing that we see in Scripture and what we study in God's Word is that Jesus does not give us those options of himself. Jesus doesn't allow us to think that he was just a good teacher or that he was a moral guy. He doesn't allow us to think that he just did good deeds or that he was just a historical figure that had a group of followers. I like what C.S. Lewis uh, says about this uh, when he talks about who Jesus is and then gives us an idea of how we are to respond. He, He says this. He says, A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things that Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. So let me pull out of this quote really quick. So if Jesus were just a man and went around saying things like, I am God, or I am the Son of God, or unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no place in the kingdom, or I am the only way to God. If Jesus were merely a man and great moral teacher, he couldn't be. He couldn't be because that would make him out to be a total liar. Let's continue. He would either be a lunatic. And remember, this is C.S. Lewis, so so hear this next line in, in an English accent. He's either a lunatic on a level with the man who says he is a poached egg. Or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon. Or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us, nor did he intend to. So what is this saying? What is Jesus saying about himself? Jesus is saying, I am either everything or I am nothing. You cannot make me just a something. Jesus is everything or he is nothing. And this is the question that we get to wrestle with this morning. Is who is Jesus to you? Is Jesus everything or is he nothing? Right? Because he can't be just something. It's not like we have a buffet that we can't, we, buffets are closed. We don't even have those, right? Okay? You don't even have the buffet option. You can't just say, you know what, I'm, in my life, I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to do this marriage thing. And so I'll have a wife or, or, or a husband or, or, and I'm going to have children. And you know what, I'm going to have this nice house and I'm going to have a vacation property and I'm going to have this card. And I'll have a little bit of conflict just to keep things spicy. And I'll have some Jesus. It doesn't work that way. Right? He is either everything or he's nothing. He can't be just a something. So the greatest thing is, though, today, right, is right now, we can know that Jesus is not just those things. He's not just a prophet. He's not just a great moral teacher or a magician. Because we have more than man's testimony. We have more than demon killer 973 telling us about who Jesus is. No, we have God. We have God giving us his testimony. 
So the first thing that we're going to do today is listen to the testimony. And this is God's testimony, right? That Jesus was more than those things, that he is the Son of God. He is the Christ. Now, the first thing that we know about a good testimony is what? Is that you need more than one witness, all right? You need more than one witness. Multiple witnesses make a great testimony, and we find this throughout Scripture. If you look, Deuteronomy 19.15 says this, says, A single witness shall not suffice against a person for any crime or for any wrong in connection with any offense that he has committed. Only on the evidence of two witnesses or three witnesses shall a charge be established. We see it again in Matthew 18, verse 16. It says, but if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. So as we dive into 1 John chapter 6 through 12, we see there, we'll, we'll, we'll jump right to, to verse 7. We see there in verse 7, what does John do? He gives us three witnesses. Verse 7 says this, For there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree. So the first witness, let's talk about it. Let's break down all these three witnesses. The first witness is the Spirit. If you go to the Gospel of John, chapter 16, verses 8 through 11, we read this. And when he, he is the Spirit, comes... He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. So concerning sin, the Spirit is going to convict us concerning sin because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. And then concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. So the Spirit's witness of Jesus as the Christ Concerning sin, because Jesus is the only one who can take care of our sin problem. Concerning righteousness, it's not going to be our righteousness that allows us to be in the presence of the Father, but it is Christ's righteousness that takes us to the Father. And then finally, concerning judgment, because in the end, Jesus is King of kings, Jesus is Lord of lords, Jesus is Messiah, he is the Christ, and he will win in the end. Good job. He'll win in the end. So the Spirit gives us that testimony. Second witness we have is the water, and this water is the waters of baptism. And we see this in Matthew 3, 16 through 17, which reads this. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. So there are three testimonies that are going on here, just in this section right here. John the Baptist, the Spirit, who we've already talked about, right? And then also God the Father. They're all testifying that Jesus is the Christ. Now look at what John wrote in his gospel. Uh, John chapter 1, verse 32 through 34. It says, and John... 
Now, this is John the Baptist. Get all your Johns correct, right, in the right order. And John the Baptist bore witness. He said, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and I have borne witness that this is the Son of God. So he is another witness that Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is not just the Son of Mary and Joseph. He is really the Son of God. And then finally, the third witness that John provides us is the blood. And this is the crucifixion, right, or the sacrifice of Jesus. Again, John the Baptist in the gospel, uh, John chapter 1 verse 29 said this. The next day he saw Jesus coming towards him and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Now, I love this word behold. Behold here is saying stop, drop everything, pay attention to what's going on. It's a word that we do not use that often anymore. All right, Sutherland kids, I don't think, do you guys go to your parents and say, behold, father, Legos, right? All right, it doesn't happen. We don't see that, right? But we're, we're asking the same thing, right? Dad, mom, put it down, pay attention. I've got something great for you, okay? Um, it, it's basically what's going on. So stop what you're doing, pay attention. John is walking with his followers, with his disciples, and he sees Jesus walking off in a distance, and he says, stop, everybody look. Right over there, it's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. There is the one who is going to spill his own blood for you on the cross. There is the one who will be the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. He will take away all the sins of the world. Let's dig a little bit deeper into this. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 1 through 18. Go home, study it on your own. Um, We're going to look at it really quickly. Um, But let's talk about this witness of the blood and how Jesus is the one who will take away the sins of the world through the sacrifice of blood. See there in verse 1 of Hebrews chapter 10. It says, For the law has been a shadow of the good things to come instead of the true form of these realities. It can never, by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. So I know there's a lot going on here in this verse, so let me pull some commas out and push it all together and and kind of explain it this way. It says, the law, or the Old Testament, can never make perfect those who abide in it. The law can never make perfect those who follow it. The law was never intended, it was never meant to make people perfect, to make people sinless. The law was there to remind people that they need God. Verse 3 says this, But in these sacrifices there is a reminder of sin every year. So basically in the Old Testament these people were going to the temple each year to kill something to remind them of how wretched they are, how the sin has separates them from God. And then jump into verse 4, for it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats 
to take away sins. So people went to the temple not to sacrifice things to take away their sin, right? They went to the temple to sacrifice things to remind themselves that there is something that has to take place. There's something that has to die in order for the consequences of their actions, right? That every time they sinned, something has to die. Something has to pay for the consequences of my sin. And this started all the way back at the very beginning with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. They sinned, and then what happened? Something had to die. An animal died to clothe them. They wore animal skins. So now jump back to John the Baptist, okay? We kind of went that way. Now we're back here. John the Baptist, knowing the entire sacrificial system, stops his disciples and says, Behold, there he is, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is not just a prophet. This is not just a moral guy. This is not just some moral example that we're supposed to follow. Behold, this is the Christ, the ultimate sacrifice. And so we see the three witnesses, the spirit, the blood, or the water, and the blood. So now continue on with me in 1 John chapter 5, verse 9. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. If you're going to believe what people say about Jesus or about God's in, God in regard to the, what the Bible says, that's great, that's awesome. But guess what? We have something even greater, and that is the testimony of God. For this is the testimony of God that he has borne concerning his son. So, now that we've heard the testimony, now what? Well, believe. Believe the testimony. It takes faith, right? It falls back onto us. Read it with me. Uh, verse 10 says this, Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar. So because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his son. Who knows the son the best? The father. Just like me. All right, I have two awesome kids. One of them doesn't like cheese. Okay, I'm not going to point it out. You guys can figure it out. Ask them. It's great. It's unbelievable. I'm going to give it away here. He (laughs) likes macaroni and cheese. He likes grilled cheese. He likes a cheeseburger. But just give him a plain hunk of cheese, and he's like, nope, not interested. Right? Now, if Micah comes to me later on, and he says, man, you're wrong. Andrew loves cheese. He's like cheese king. Right? I would say, Micah, you're, you're, you're calling me a liar. You're calling me a liar, his own father, who knows his son the best. I mean, I have to pay to feed that kid, right? I mean, come on, we all know that. And this is the same thing that's happening with God the Father here. He is saying, Jesus is the Christ. He is my son. I know who he is. He is the Christ. He is the Messiah. And if you say that he's just a good teacher or that he's just some prophet or that he's just a moral guy, then you're calling God out and saying that he is a liar. So let's wrap this up. 
John makes it very simple here in the verses, in verses 11 and 12. He says, And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life. And this is life. And, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Who do, whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. And this is where it kind of gets personal. This is where we get put on trial. The, the question is not just who is Jesus. And I shove a microphone in your face. But who do you say Jesus is? Not what does your neighbor say or what does your spouse say or what do your parents say. Um, but who do you believe that Jesus is? Jesus himself asked his disciples this question. If you remember in Matthew 16, verse 13 through 16. He said, who do people say that I am? And their response was, well, you're John the Baptist, or you're Elijah, or you're Jeremiah, or you're you're a prophet of the old, right? Some some prophet. And then remember what he asked Peter? Or he asked all the disciples, Peter's the one who answered. He said, well, who do you say that I am? And Peter's response was, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You're not just some man. You're not just some prophet. You are the Christ. You are the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So, who do you say Jesus is? If you do not know Jesus as the Christ... If he is not Lord of lords, if he is not Savior of your soul, please come talk to one of us. If you're just like, I always thought Jesus was just kind of this moral guy, this great teacher, please come talk with one of us. We would love to have that conversation with you. Online, let us know. Send us an email, just ask at bluevalleybaptist.org. We want to have that conversation with you. And let me just tell you, it's a conversation. Like, we're not going to drag you up here and make you spout off verses to everybody and stand in front and shake people's hands when we don't even do that right now, right? We're not going to take you back and and dunk you, you know, right away and just say, here we go, come on, yeah, right? No, we just want to have a conversation and introduce you to the Jesus that has saved my soul. The Jesus who I have a relationship and have the joy of knowing each and every day. Don't miss out on knowing Jesus as your Savior. Or maybe if you're sitting in here right now and you're like, I've surrendered my life to Christ. I know who Jesus is. He is my King. He is my Lord. We get to ask ourselves a little bit different question. The follow-up question for us is, how does your life show that Jesus? How does your life show the Jesus who is the Christ? Does your life show that you believe in the testimony of God? Does your life show that he is Lord and Savior? Does your life show that the grace that has been extended to you is now being given to others? The patience that God has on your life, is that being extended to others? Does who you claim Jesus to be show up in your marriage? Does the Jesus you claim 
he is to be show up in your home, at work, at school, on sports teams. We could go on and on and on in your driving. (laughs) Man, hitting a little close to home. Church, we have the testimony of God. We have the testimony of God. Trust Him. We have the testimony of God. Follow Him. We have the testimony of God. Obey Him. Don't miss out on the opportunity to live your life completely for Him. It's amazing. Sure, it's not always easy. And sure, maybe He leads you to difficult spots, but Trusting in him and following him is one of the greatest things that you can ever do in your life. It is totally worth it. Amen. It's worth it. Don't miss out. Please don't get so wrapped up in what's going on around in the world today that you lose focus of who Jesus is. That he is king of kings and he is lord of lords and he is the Christ. Don't miss out. Don't miss out. Join me in prayer.